0: Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Spear Factor. On this episode of Spear Factor, I have my good friend, Phone Booth, a.k.a. Booth, a.k.a. Booth Spear Guns. Um, Yeah, Phone Booth is quite the character As you can imagine and I'm sure you're gonna get a taste of it when you listen to the show it was an absolute pleasure having him on the show and he's had quite an amazing year 2021 has been good to him he's chased a Marlin down for years and finally landed one this year he got his bluefin on like the first day of the second second drop of the first day and he's decided to start building guns and so everything he's done he's just gone for it uh i love the guy he's has one of the best attitudes you could possibly imagine if it's five o'clock in the morning and you're at the dock this dude's yelling at the top of the dock let's do this so pretty much um just full of aloha and a true island island boy so welcome to the show phone booth but first as always we gotta give a uh little shout-out to our sponsors, Ted Hardy, Immersion Freediving, um, Freedivingsafety.com. Thanks, Ted, for all the support and everything you do for the community. Our next sponsor is Hot Rod Spear Guns. Uh, Paul has offered us 10% discount with a promo code SPEARFACTOR, so thanks, Paul, for making badass guns and uh, providing a hookup for our listeners. And Camiras side slip. So, Kamira side slip. You can purchase those at Kamira Spearfishing. That's K-I-M-E-R-A. And basically, I've talked about the side slip before on the show. It's kind of the benefits of a slip tip without worrying about breaking your tip hunting around rocks. Uh, it replaces the flopper with a side slip. Uh, check it out more at the website. And if you use promo code Spearfactor, all lowercase at checkout they'll give you 5% off and our last sponsor is one drop spearfishing basically an environmentally minded group of guys that love to dive live and breathe it but their whole focus is feeding friends and family and enjoying their time in the water nothing more nothing less Um, solid group of guys and uh, check out their website one drop Fishing. check them out on youtube one drop Fishing. and if you'd like to uh sponsor spear factor Podcasts, feel free uh you can go ahead and shoot me a note on the website spearfactor.com thank you yeah so everybody welcome back to uh, spear factor i have a uh, a friend of mine on the show today he's a unique character he's everything that living the life you know should be uh welcome to the show booth what's up what's up man i'm trying bro i'm trying
2: thank you (laughs) good to be here man finally on i'm finally on the spirit factor
1: show yeah you made it bro
2: (laughs) i made it like like, this is my year dog straight up bro
1: well, let's, let's get <laughs> Hey, let's jump right into that. First of all, like introduce yourself, I guess, like your background and all that. And then we'll get into your 2021 year.
2: Yeah, uh, booth, booth, spear guns. I just started building like last year, but super confident in my shit and my stuff. You're going to mute that out. But no, anyway, it's
1: all good. It's all good, dude.
2: I'm from Guam. I come from a family of fishermen, both sides, uncles, aunties. Fish galore since we are kids, skipping elementary to fish. And this is back then, man, like all out. Came here out to, uh, came out to California in 99, and then no fishing. And then went back 2006, back to fishing, left again, no fishing. Came back 2015, back to fishing. And then from there, I think, you know, things changed. And and I saw the sport of it because growing up, growing up fishing is kind of different than what I saw with all the suits and stuff like that. Because we used to just fish just to eat. So I, th- I think 2015, 16, when I saw the like a whole new world of it, you know. With yeah, huge guns and everything.
1: I call yeah. it like the Renaissance or something because some, you know, a lot of guys were just doing it because that was just something they loved, and all of a sudden everything was like it was like an actual industry and like um it you know the sport if you want to call it that like a- a- arrived you know a- and it became like mainstream i guess you could say
2: yeah 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 exactly and it was trippy because I, I was like Man, what's... these guys are wearing all this stuff you know like yeah <laughs> i'm still going in there with board shorts and no shirt with a spear gun you know
1: no so, I, to- I totally know what you mean i was using you know uh, dive suit, like our surfing suit, dive suit, whatever, for years. Plastic, whatever. It's, as long as I hit what I was looking for, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whatever works, right? Right. Just to just to eat or just to bring home something, you know. Yeah, it's it's dope, man. So so yeah, it's just been ever since two
2: thousand fifteen sixteen. Been fishing since and then when when Buddy came out and invited me to the Blue Water World Cup, that's when I really stuck with it. I was like, man, bro. I haven't fished in like almost a year or two since I left Guam, but I was like, you know, I'm down to check it out. And then ever since then, I was on it, on it, on it, like so if it was on, you know.
1: What uh, when you weren't fishing, like, what were you doing? Because I know you did some fighting, right?
2: Oh no, I did. I did jujitsu, um, MMA back in 2001 to 2005 and six, and then uh, I quit that whole thing. Then I got back into jujitsu 2011. But, but it was no more MMA. It was just jiu-jitsu. Right. And I worked with the brand, Moya brand. That's who I, I currently work for. And we do, uh, I do all the art and for jiu-jitsu. So a lot of the gis, like Moya geese and stuff like that, that's all from us. And um, we're World, worldwide company. We sponsor a lot of uh, A-athletes, celebrities, stuff like that. So it's, it's really good. It's separate. It's like work. So I, the fishing is my whole, like, escape from that whole thing, you know? Uh, We still know everybody in the sport, and we continue to donate to, like, gyms and charities and and all over the world. So we're all over the world. It's international, like, from Japan to Nicaragua to everywhere, man.
1: Yeah, when you travel, like, for work, I mean, you you travel for work, right? Yeah, I do. Not as much as before, but I used to a lot. I was going everywhere. Well, I remember I was talking to you a couple years ago, I think, and you were either in Nicaragua or you were in Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Yeah. Did you get a chance to dive down there at all?
2: I did, man, but it was just a bad time. The guy, I should have listened to the dudes there because they were telling me that it just wasn't good to spearfish at that time of year. Cause so they, their summertime is December to, I want to say March, something like that. Basically, our winter is their summer. So uh, when I got there, there's runoff from the, all the rivers so the whole damn Pacific, bro, is like black, bro. Like just brown water, like mud water. So I was like, you know what? Just take me way out. And even though they took me, damn, maybe 30 miles out there, it was still murky. I couldn't see nothing. So it was just a bad time. I didn't get to see or hit anything.
1: Yeah, I, I've been there before. But those are the things where you just learn as you go. Now you know.
2: Yeah. Now, now I got to <laughs> redeem myself. This. this
1: <laughs> maybe. Let me bring a surfboard next time, you know?
2: Oh, yeah, dude. In fact, while I was staying was like the surf, the surf capital, that, I, that hotel, this hotel, and right in front of the hotel was one of the best breaks in Costa Rica, they were telling me.
1: Well, right on. Well, let's, you mentioned the Blue Water World Cup. You want to talk about that? That was 2015 or 2016? 2017? 18. Oh, okay.
2: 17 or 18? Was it
1: 18? I think it might be 18. Oh, 18. Yeah, it's 18. Yeah
2: yeah uh buddy invited me i never heard of it i didn't know what it was it just sounded crazy at first the blue water world cup i was just like man you know i'm not a i'm not a competition diver i don't i don't do that stuff you know but i was man i was just like you know what if the boys are going then i'm just down you know (laughs) so if they weren't going it was some randoms i would never gone but since buddy and minette were going i was like yeah dude i'll chance it i don't know anything about it i had to buy a wetsuit i never wore a wetsuit I had to get weights. I never wore any of that stuff. So I was just like, you know, all these fins, I had to buy new fins. I bought all types of new gear. The only thing I had that I used on golf was my gun, and that was it. So then uh, we got out there. Um, it was so interesting, bro. We meet all these teams from all over the world. Bermuda. Uh, man, I think some dudes from Africa, and then like some celebrity fishing guys. Buddy knew like a lot of them. While we were there, but I didn't really know who a lot of the dudes were. And the I booth? found out later some of the guys.
1: Booth, how was that transition from never wearing a wetsuit to wearing a wetsuit? What was that?
2: Oh, like? bro, it was, it was a worst. Because even the wetsuit I picked was too small. So, so bro, I had like a fucking cackin' or what do you call it? Um,
1: <laughs> can't breathe.
2: <laughs> yeah, I can't breathe. The shit's on my ass, dog. I'm just like, oh, bro, killer, dude. And then like. It was just all bad, but I I got like a Wahoo and like um, Amberjack and some other good stuff, man. And we made out, we made out just like on the tip of the iceberg to like third place. Nice. That so was like for our first time. It was like it was pretty exciting, bro. It was pretty cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember hearing Buddy talk about that, and uh, when they get, you guys got third place, that was awesome.
2: Yeah, it was it yeah. was cool. I was super happy.
1: So. <clears throat> you just kind of went like i mean you grew up it's funny people don't really understand i guess um some people do but when you grow up just in the water and, and diving uh surfing whatever just in the water fishing people uh it's it's i guess it was just a way of life and it wasn't anything you thought about and now here you are you're you know island boy from a little island in the middle of you know um uh, western pacific well, that's the part i love about it. there's no really commercialism on anything it's just you just do this to eat uh and here you are now competing at the blue water world cup and all that stuff and then you got like a taste of it and now you're like i'm gonna make my spear guns yeah and no, i you di- <laughs> didn't even talk to you and then all of a sudden you're like hey par i bought like eight thousand dollars worth of stuff i'm making spear guns now i got my company
2: yeah, yeah, <laughs> straight up, it, it was crazy, man. Cause like, I hadn't um growing up with the with the guns. It's crazy, and I don't want to. I'm not gonna put any names out there, but when when you get a taste of like everybody's gun, you you can see where where a quality gun versus a not so quality gun. When you're used to shooting really good guns and guns that really work for you. And then you go to something else, and you're like, "Wow, it's like this." Or then you switch to another one that has a big, a big name, and you're like, "Oh, wow!" And then it winds up being kind of like not what you're used to again. So I'll say different. I won't say bad or, or worse or backwards, but it just to me, they just didn't, they didn't, they weren't right, you know, for me. So then building the guns, I had a local gun from a local maker, and I just man, it was just the best gun I ever had, and I wanted to replicate it. So then when uh, um, I met a dude and he said he, he built spare guns and he said that uh, I asked him to build it and he said that he could build it, but I told him I just want it exactly like the one I own. That's it. I don't want your style of guns or anything. I want you to just replicate this and I'll give you the parts and everything. He said he'll try and he'll look at it and tell me if he can build it. He wound up not even showing up. He had something to do. So he. When I went down to, to meet him, he, he, uh, he burned and I was like, just like, but maybe it was meant to be. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to build this myself. You know, I'm going to learn how to do this and build it myself. bro, I have no experience in damn wood, right. I didn't know what the hell to even start from. So I felt, what was it? Uh, Woodshop. Woodshop. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was just, I was horrible. But you know, when you're motivated, everything just, just starts coming back. So I found a guy. You want to be in a Mexican dude owning a wood shop in San Bernardino, and it said I found on Craigslist. It said rent wood shop for like hundred bucks or something or fifty bucks. And I was like, oh wow, it's a full wood shop. I'm just I'm gonna bring this gun there and I'm just gonna, I wanna make it in a date, <laughs> bro. I, I got there and and then I started thinking about. it. I, was, I don't know how to use any of this equipment. Yeah, full on everything. And I told him, hey, man, can you think you can help me out and, and help me make, a, make something? And then he's like, yeah, have you ever used this stuff? I said, no, I, I never use any of this stuff. I don't even know what this shit's called, you know? <laughs> and he's like, he's like, okay. He goes, what do you want to build? And I took out the gun. And I showed him, Say, said, man, I want to build this. And he looks at it and he, he's like, he's smelling it. He's he scratching at it. He's looking. He's like, hey, this is the wood for the boats. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's teak wood. And he's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, you want to build this? I was like, yeah. He goes, okay, let's go do this. And he asked me, we built it. I told him, uh, we call him Uncle Bill, back in Guam's. And he's like, like, and that's when I got to really learn how he was asking all kinds of crazy questions I didn't know. He would point at parts of the gun and he would be like, hey, why did he do this? Why did he do that? He did this for a reason. We have to do it like this. You know, really technical things that I didn't understand. And then details that he saw that only a woodworker would see that that we wouldn't see, that I would never have seen. And I had the gun the whole time. So then like, uh, and in one day, we made a gun, a a full-on functional gun. It was all crooked, it was fucked up, but it was, it worked. Like, it actually worked. So I was like, wow, this is crazy. So then in time, I started learning how wood works and bends and everything, and then maybe three months of hardcore going there, bro, like just not stop. I finally made a a good gun. And since I already knew the issues with other guns and the current gun I had that I wanted to fix, I wound up fixing all those issues. And now they shoot perfectly for the way I like them to shoot. now I got a great gun, I think. (laughs) Sales have been good.
1: Yeah. I, I gotta be, uh, I love that story because, um, it reminds me of uh when i decided to make guns too i didn't know shit, and i just went for it and uh you're like well there goes my gun uh <laughs> yeah. thank yeah. god for, thank god for epoxy uh, yeah. uh. But yeah man that's that's awesome i remember when i was first made a gun like I uh, might have been 20 years ago now my buddy was like uh dude all you need is a straight track and a heavy ass gun because that thing will shoot straight as long as it doesn't kick or whatever. It's like just put a straight track, and then the more you get into it, I realize it's a little more complicated than that. Like yeah, a lot. like for what you want, you know. Um, awesome dude. So the name of your company is Booth Spear Guns, right? Yeah, we're we're, t- we're thinking
2: about all types of names, man. My dad was trying to come up with names. <laughs> Everybody was trying to come up with names. We had all these Chamorro names and Guam. And then I was just like, man, I don't think anybody's going to know what this means. You know, like, so I just like, <laughs> you know, let's just call it boost for guns. I'm tired of thinking about a name. And that was it.
1: Well, that works, I think. And then, um, uh, so you said sales been good. Yeah,
2: man. You know, a lot of the locals have been supporting it and, um, all of my majority of all my sales have been in Guam. Doc, so I'm sending the guns to Guam like crazy.
1: Nice. How do they, are you, are you getting good feedback from the guys down there? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about your year because um, you you've been messaging me like, "Hey, Par, come on down." <laughs> uh, your year you've had a pretty exciting year. You want to share uh, with that with us?
2: Yeah. So uh, my first marlin
1: this year, my first tuna
2: thanks to my boy right there and then my first man what else was my first uh yeah that's about it but like that's pretty much the year but i was i've been after that marlin man i was after that marlin since 2016 before i left guan
1: tell us the story about the marlin though how where you were how it went down the biz the whole story that you told us like I guess the story you actually, the article you actually wrote for Spearing Magazine was in it about the story of the Marlin, correct?
2: Yeah. So um, that, that day we got out there, it was April. It was Good Friday. And the day started just bad, man. Bro, everything was just bad. Lost the weight, belt. We, we forgot something else. And then, and then uh, I wasn't feeling too good or something like that. And everything was just bad, bro. And then my girl wanted to fish over here. And then, I oh, her weight belt, too. That's what it was. Even her weight belt. I, just, I guess we left both weight belts. And it was just, man, bro, everything was just bad. So then I was like, oh, man, this day is just is just horrible. And I told him, I said, man, I think maybe we should just go back to shore, I was thinking. And then um, I was like, you know what, bro, we're all the way out here already. So let's just make the best of it. I just blew water the whole time since I got no weights and looked for something, you know? The water was murky and it was just it was just all bad. So we got to the island, the um, name of the damn island, Lorenita. L- and uh, I was like, you know what, let me play the shore. So my girl's playing the shore. She shot a, a little grouper. So I was like, okay, cool. As long as, you know how that works though. As long as the girl's happy, you're happy. So I'm just all happy already that she's happy that's the first priority
1: that's that's the first Uh, that's the first priority is what do you need okay yeah first and then i'm good to go exactly exactly
2: so then i I was cruising and then i wound up i had just made the gun it's like a roller that bad boy right here baby so i just made this and uh i decided like man I, i took a surface shot at a grouper that came up a cabrilla and they hit him spot on. Boom. Like, okay, okay, this is cool. But I got a fish. I'm happy. Next thing you know, they pull up. My girl's in the boat and she pulls up with uh, the captain. We had already dropped off my other friend for some yellowtail. He was going like, like 80, 90s or something like that. And so uh, they're like, hey, there's a marlin. There's a marlin. So I was like, what? Fucking marlin? Like in April? And I was like, shit. They, you know, I'm just like, are you sure? Yeah, sure. And they're like, get on the boat, get on the boat. So I was like, fuck it, get on the boat. Uh, we didn't even really leave the island. I got on the boat, and as soon as he started going, you could see the marlin from the surface, like a shark fin. So I was like, shit. I was like, man, is that, is that a marlin? And then the captain's like, get in, get in. So I fucking jump in, and like the, the water's so murky that I can't see anything. And when I, when I pick my head up, his fin's pretty close, like like a bus length away, you know? So I was like, damn, what can I see? Like, I just, you could see in the camera, I was running the GoPro. You could just see my, my head just keep going up and down like that. So finally, I was like, man, I'm just going to follow the fin. And when I get super close, I'm going to, like, put my head under. So I started following him, and he wound up, like, coming near me. And, bro, I was super close, maybe, like, a, less than a car length. And I put my head down, and I barely saw him. So right when I saw him and I, I pointed, he, like, turned his tail towards me. So I had like, I just like, damn, if I take this shot and I miss, he's going to boost off and I, I won't have another shot. Maybe he'll get curious and turn around. So I waited and I just saw the tail just cruising out. I was like, fuck. But even seeing him underwater, I was just like, oh, dude, it's big. So like, I was like, but I wasn't. I was like, man, I just missed my chance to get on the boat. And I was like, dude, they're like, oh, what happened? What happened? I was like, man, I couldn't get a shot. They're like, what? they all like. Tripping out, but I'm just honestly, I was just over it, bro. I was just like, man, what, what else can add to what happened today? It's all messed up, you know?
1: Oh, yeah, I know how those days go.
2: Yeah, so I, just, I wasn't even bummed out. I was like, bro, next time, like, man, fuck it, just drop me back to the island. Will so they drop me back to the island, I'm cruising again. Next thing you know, they come back again, bro, maybe like 15 minutes. Hey, we're Spider-Martin, Spider-Martin. And I was like, what? There's no way. He's like, get on the boat. Boom, you head back out there. Right? The water is just flat, like flat as flat can be. You can see for miles, just anything that's on the, of the surface. So we head out there, and the captain's looking around. I'm looking around. And he's like, hey, meet up, meet up. So I look, and then, like, you can see the fin from, like, a distance. So I was like, oh, is that it? He's like, look how oh, He's like, yelling Spanish. And he's like, get in, get in. And I said, like, wait, what's, it's kind of far, I'm telling him. He's like, no, no, get in! So I, I jump in, and then, bro, the thing is headed straight for me like a shark. Oh, you just see the fin just coming and coming. Oh, my fucking heart is just pounding, bro. I was like, whoa, dude. Like, fuck, I don't even know what to think, you know? Like, I like just keep going like this and keep going like that. It's still murky. I was like, man, I didn't even want to swim towards it. I was just like, I was kind of honestly, like, backing up a little. It was like, fuck, this thing is just coming for me. The next thing you know, finally, like, I look down, bro, I catch him right there. We, we meet eyes, he turns. As soon as he turns, I finally take the shot. It hits him like between the gill plate and like the fin, and I see him boost off, and you see the, the buoy just taking off. So I was like, Whoa, fuck, "Oh fuck, I got him, oh I got him. So I'm yelling, everybody's yelling. I get back on the boat, and we're just following. And obviously, we're just following the buoy going around the whole time, maybe for like 15, 20 minutes. So the captain was like, hey, let's go. We're going to get Chin." The, uh, my boy Chuchin, he owns Spiros in La Paz, who was diving for Yellowtail. So, sorry, so we left the buoy, and we went looking for a Chuchin. We picked up Chuchin, and then we came back. And then we we came back, and there it is. The buoy is still there, like, fucking cruising around. So we get down. We're starting to chase him. I'm holding on to the buoy and trying to, like, drag it down, which was I'll, I'll never do again. I shouldn't have done that. But then uh, you take a chance of, like, it breaking off, you know?
1: Ripping it out, yeah, too much pressure. Yeah, yeah so, like, but I, had to, I just had to get the feel, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I
2: was, like, yelling at everything.
1: You're having <laughs> your moment. You're having your moment, man. Yeah,
2: bro. is super, super excited. So, get back on the boat, and then uh, we're just following it. And the captain's like, look, the buoy's slowing down, and he's going down. So, he's like, you better take the shot, the second shot, before he gets way to the bottom, and it's going to be hard to, to drag him up. So, Choo-Ching, we jump in again. I start taking the line, and I'm following the line like really lightly. and just going down. Oh man, I see the tail already. I'm just, my heart's just blasting, bro. And I'm just like, I get to, it and I'm like, wow, the thing is just huge, dude. And you know, and underwater, you're just, you know, used to seeing fish, when you see something like that, you're just like, damn, you know, it was scary, man. I just, I didn't even want to get close. But, you know, if he turns around, I'm just like super cautious. Chuchin comes in, takes a second shot. I'm like, boom, he's still going. I, I go up to him, I start holding onto his tail, and he's like swimming with me, and I'm holding on to his tail. So I was like, fuck, I got my girlfriend's gun, and I took a third shot. The dude was still going, bro. Like, Damn, this guy is a straight monster. Finally, he slowed down, grabbed him, and I took the shot. Another, uh, choo took some video, dragged him to the boat. As soon as I got on the boat, man, fuck, I was just like, wow, this is unreal. Like we got him, you know, like it was just, it was just unreal. I was like, "Wow!" Like it did. It took a little bit to sink in, you know. Like, damn, I, mean, I finally hit this bad boy. Crazy man.
1: I remember uh, you sent me that that picture of that day, and I was just like, "Oh, uh, wow!" Like some, you know, <laughs> some people don't realize the the opportunity. It's such a, you know, going for those fish. It's really like once in a lifetime opportunity. And, uh, when you showed me that picture, cause I had been talking to you like throughout your trip
2: yeah,
1: and, or uh, something like that, just, you know, on and off. And I remember sitting that picture, and I was like, somebody's gonna like, I can't imagine how you feel right now. And then you're like, don't send this picture to anybody yet. I just got a whole thing I want to do. I'm like, okay. Okay. But I showed my, I showed my wife, I showed my, <laughs> wife, I showed my wife. I was like, look at this motherfucker. <laughs> he just, <scored>. go <laughs> And, uh, cause I think you, was that the trip you invited me to come down on or something? But I was
2: a trip. I told you like, I know calm down, bro. I got you. That was <laughs> it. Like you, bro. You didn't have to do nothing. Like straight up just, you know, just the boat. That was it. And even that was small, you know? So I was like, man, you would, you would have had a good time for sure.
1: Yeah, it's always, yeah, it's funny. You know, I'll say one thing though. It's, and we'll get into the other story with your year two, the bluefin. Um, it's there is maybe as you get older or whatever it is and you've done a lot of stuff. So it's not really like that big of, I mean, I guess it always is a big deal, but to see when you remember, when you got your first of something, yeah, you see your friends do it. And it's like, dude, it's, you're so stoked for that. Everybody has their moment, you know? And it was like, you were having your moment and it was like, bro, fucking have your moment. Enjoy it. You know, yeah. what a cool thing. Um, <laughs> well, and then, I mean, that was pretty incredible. And then you wrote the article for the for the magazine. Um, yeah. And I remember all the boys and Rom were messaging, like they were all excited too. I was like, wow, bro. Yeah,
2: uh, I, mean, I, I was super happy.
1: Well, they, what about I know you've been looking for that fish for a while though. I mean how well, you, know, the world?
2: you know what was crazy was was uh ever since 2016 when I got a chance when I went with the buddy to the Blue Water World Cup, I was man, I was just looking hard. And every trip I took after that to the same area, I just went hard looking for that fish. Hard and hard and hard, man. Like you have no idea. Eight hours, man, sometimes I'd spend I tell I'd tell the captain's hey that we need Marlin. put me anywhere. Anywhere. And these are you're talking solo dives. I'm desperate, bro. I'm fucking setting up my own backup shots. I just want I just want that fish so bad. I was going hard. And then it's crazy because the restaurant owner one of the restaurant owners in in la ventana was showing me and they just caught a marlin like the week week or two before they shot one and he was telling me the thing was so huge they couldn't kill it for it took like two hours or something it was like a 600 pounder and then during the week i was there maybe i think the day before i left but during the same week the dude from uh um that went on the charter with uh What's, what's, his, what's his name, Tim? Tim, Tim Hattler. Yeah, he yeah. went under the chart and he hit, like, some 400-pounder. So everybody's hitting it around me, man. And then that same trip, I saw one in the distance, but he was on his way. He, like, stopped, he looked at me, and then he just kept going. And I was like, oh. And from a distance, that dude was huge, bro. And going fast. So I was just like, wow,
1: bro, that's that's pretty crazy, you know? One thing that's good about the murky water is, uh you know, growing up, here in Southern California is the fish come in closer, you know, you get closer shots like in Guam or in the tropics where you got like, you know, hundred feet of visibility. They know you're there. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So that's one nice thing about that Merc, you know?
2: Yeah, it is nice, but it's also, it's kind of scary me sometimes, man, when I wasn't used to it, cause you don't know what's coming out of the Merc fucking
1: merman or a damn fucking, you know, fucking something crazy. No, uh yeah, I'm right there with you, man. Like, I've been diving my whole life and I'm still a chicken shit every now and then. Like, you just get that heebie-jeebie feeling. It's like, yeah. Bro, like,
2: serious. And you know, I had to get used to it in, in Mexico, man, because the when they would guide, I learned a lot from those captains over there. They would guide you with a buoy sometimes. If it's really murky, they have a spot. They drop it, they drop the buoy, and you follow the line down. But yep. you know, there's so many times where I'm following the line and I just don't see nothing, nothing. Like you're just going, there, just straight cloud. You're like, whoa, whoa, like just, you're like, oh, you're just tripping out. And when I get down to the bottom and it finally clears, like, damn, what a relief, you know? You just don't know what you're gonna run into. It it's pretty crazy.
0: You'd think with four of us spread out on a tiny island that the task of tagging a white tail would not be a big thing. But as I've learned, no matter where I've been, White tails can be damn tricky. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8 30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.
1: That's a that's a technique that I use too um, for uh, diving and murk and um, uh, I used it at work You know, I learned it at work when we were diving on shapes and things like that on the bottom. And you just, you can't see anything until you, you can almost swim into the bottom, but, yeah. uh, there's a wreck like offshore and it's 50, it's about 50 feet deep, but it's like, sometimes you get like three feet of visibility. So you don't have time to go down and try to find the thing. You just drop a float on it and you just yeah. go down that float and follow it down. Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: Exactly yeah. Like that. It's, and it's cool, huh? Like you, right to the target.
1: It's different. I, I like I mean, that's just what I've grown up with too. So it's not that's normal to me. Um, you're shooting at shapes, you know, so you get to and you also learn like you you really gotta move slow or at least have your gun he almost pulled back because if it's out by the time the fish you see the fish, he's already seen the gun and he's gone. Yeah. You know, so there's all kinds of little tricks that you can do for that stuff. Um, and it's darker usually. So your eyes got to adjust. Um, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. Let's get to the phone call. When you called me, what was it? I don't know. What is it? What a month ago, maybe two months ago, you called me. And you're like, hey, I, I want to go for a bluefin and I'm going to go for a bluefin. I rented this boat. It's, you know, this amount or whatever, 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 pay whatever you want, Brett. I want you to come and document or film me or whatever. Just be there with me when we shoot this bluefin. When I go for this bluefin? And I was thinking like, number one, I have a boat and, uh, you don't need to pay that much. Like, you know, I got you, I got you. But number two, (laughs) I was like, bro, bluefin are so, you know, from one day to the next, they're so weird. And every day, and it's like, you know what, um, I respected what you were trying to do. And I was like, I'm going to look at my schedule. I'm going to take the week off of work and we're going to go every day until you get a bluefin and the reason why because you said you were moving back to guam and i was like well all the more excuse i mean what a great excuse just to go fishing you know yeah yeah (laughs) and so and i took the whole week off obviously i was like okay look, like the wind is bad on saturday we'll go on sunday and then we'll just push it all the way to thursday uh we're gonna get a fish at some point i I was keeping my fingers crossed we would get a fish and then like tell the take the story from there because it was fun you know
2: yeah, I, man, it's super fun. I've made the drive from, I'm up north right now. So I'm in, I'm in by Napa. They're talking about a crazy drive, man. It's like, got down to, yeah. I I got to LA. I was like, man, I got two because I was thinking we were going to dive Friday, Saturday. But when you gave me the schedule Sunday, I had already like scheduled everything to go. So I was like, you know, what? let me just spend like two days in LA. I want to get super just partied out wasted dog and i was like i recovered saturday and i was like man i hope i hope i recover in time for sunday so i can do a diet so then like saturday night i drove i felt okay spent the night in the truck at the at the at the dock yeah and woke up that morning and then you said the the hitch
1: yeah so i'll fill this so i woke up about four got to the boat went to lower it on the ton- on the trailer and the uh, Jack the trailer Jack was seized up and then it stripped like always it was just done for and it was like 4 30 in the morning and I was remember like about ready to cry like this can't be happening because like most people I mean <laughs> I'm still like a little kid like if there's a big swell or if like we're going fishing I can't sleep because the ocean always for some reason you yeah, excited, bro, like pumped, yeah and you, you never know? know what is going to happen that day like still like a little kid to this yeah. day, you know? And um, I remember like I remember just like ready to cry. And I remember texting you guys, like, first of all, everybody got up early. Like yeah. get up early either. And then the fucking boat is broken, or not the boat, the trailer. And I was like, All right, meet back in my house. We gotta talk about some things. So we get back to the house, and then you're like, I was like, here's our three options. We can fix this thing when you know West Marine or somebody opens up. I can try to buy it off. You know offer up somebody's up right now i can swap it out and we can go back out in the afternoon we can or we can go for a shore dive and try to shoot a white sea bass even though i think the biz is shitty whatever uh, yeah. or or we can just call it a day i'll fix the boat and then we'll go out tomorrow and you're like i i, I gotta sleep man okay c- i'll take a nap just call let me know what you want to do i'm just gonna take a nap i gotta sleep and i was like all right cool and then john was with us from casting yeah. spirit john was like well, i drove all the way down here you know again everybody you guys all drove down and he's like uh i want to go get some bluevin." and i was like all right and we look at each other we're like okay and then literally like fixed it the when soon as the doors open at eight o'clock went and bought the jack fixed it it was like nine thirty. it was done my wife helped like drop john off and like do some logistical stuff <laughs> and then like because he could help me drop the boat faster otherwise it's just me because i'd get it i keep it on base and um, I remember, like, I texted you, I was like, 10 o'clock, dude, meet me. And you're like, I'm on my way.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's crazy because when I woke up and I got the, the text, I think I woke up to the text and it said the trailer was broken or something. And I was just like, oh, wow, that's a sign. I can go back to sleep, you know? So I'm fucking passing out. And then you're like, I think then you said meet at your house. So we met at your house. But honestly, I was I was still fucked so up. Like I was just like, man, I'm I'm not good. I was I wasn't good to dive. I wasn't not good to dive, not that bad, but You're just exhausted. Like, like yeah, I was just, I was like, oh, Russ, man, I I
1: think it's cool. We just call it a day. That's why I just said... no. I remember that. Whatever you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but the I'm I'm th- for whatever meaning. Please, please, please say no. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I was like, nah, fuck that. Like, I'm too stubborn for that stuff, man. Um, No, I I feel, but it's a good thing. Obviously, it's a good thing. Because even after
2: we went, after we met at your house, I went to Umi, Umi Sushi. Yep. The one right by there, right? Umi, Umi Sushi. And I passed on in the parking lot. Right when I pulled (laughs) up, I was like, wow, I was out. And then I wound up waking up to the text that he said to meet at the van. I was like, oh, wow. I was straight up like blacked out. And I, but I felt so good when I got up, I was like, oh man, I'm fucking ready, dude. Let's go. Yeah. So, <laughs> die, <bro. Yay! laughs> the thing,
1: so people don't understand. So the thing that I love about this gentleman we're talking to is like, it'll be four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning. Everybody's tired and you're tying the boat up and here he comes He's at the top of the, top of the ramp. He's like, let's fucking go.
2: Let's go. man.
1: <laughs> and i'm all like ready. all right we're doing this here we go you know he's here let's go ready, bro. and uh yeah we were heading out and i didn't even know what to think i just was um i got a phone call from my friend and he's like hey they're getting him at the nine like they're they're, they're seeing fish at the nine and i was like okay cool and he's like well that's not why i called i want to talk to you about you know whatever I was like, okay, cool. Uh, right as we were passing the fuel dock where he owns it, and he's like, yeah, we're getting at the nine. I was like, maybe that's a sign. Okay, cool. So we were heading out. I remember, like, nobody wanted to get in their wetsuit or whatever. And uh, we get out there, and then we start seeing them. Like, uh,
2: yeah. I don't, Man, honestly, I didn't think we were seeing that fast. I was just like, I, you know, I was so used to taking those trips with you to San Clemente.
0: Yeah.
2: So I really thought that it was going to be that long of a ride, so I was ready to pass out on the boat. And then when, when you stop the boat, you're like, okay, we're here or something like that. And I was just like, "Whoa, oh, are we really here? Like, I was like, wow, that was super fast. And then you're, we're seeing the boils. I was like, oh, wow, you're like, hey, you're like, look, that's tuna, that's tuna. And then it all manages, like, oh, dude, started getting on my, I got super excited. And I was like, man, I got, let's go. See, so we get it, I remember it got down and then, uh, I wasn't seeing nothing, but I could see bait. Was it, it was the second dive or was it the first dive we got?
1: There? No, the I remember the first dive, it was the the foamer was like 50 yards, 100 yards off the bow for like five minutes, you know, while we were getting ready. yeah. And I was just kind of laughing. I was like, every, I do the same thing every time. I was like, I'm so lazy. I don't want to, and then it's like, and that might be your one shot, you know? Yeah. And uh, of course it's right there. And then you got in and like typical bluefin, it was like a light switch. Like, phew, gone just anchovies scales nothing but i can yeah yeah Yeah. and i was metering them though i could see like okay there is a ton of volume of like bait and just fish in general and even though they went down they didn't like disappear completely so i was like get back in the boat and then we drove we just kind of motored around we waited a little bit right yeah and then yeah go ahead i will let you tell the story story
2: I think that got got maybe a second time or a third time. I, don't know, I forgot how many times we got until I hit it, but it was really like maybe second, per second or third, real quick. I remember like you were you were saying twenty five feet, thirty feet, boom! I was hitting, I was hitting. So when I get down to thirty or twenty five, I just I was just gunning it. I go deeper till it was black. I couldn't see nothing, and I'm like, man, I'm looking around, no bait fish, nothing. I see nothing. Every time I came up and i just wait for you. And then you, you were like, 50 feet, 50. I was like, boom, so I shoot down again. I wasn't seeing nothing, like it was black again. So I'm thinking maybe they're just, they're just going. So I said, you know what? And I saw a boil nearby, pretty close to us. And I was like, man, hopefully they come this way. So I was just, I saw the bait, I could see the bait. And I'm like, man, they're, since they're hitting the bait, let me just try and stay and swim with the bait. So I kept following the bait. I would just follow the bait. And I was like, you know what, they, then there just became a whole bunch of bait. And I was like, man, you know what, let me, let me try and dive this. So I, I dove down. And then right when I was about to head back up, dude, all I could see from the side of mine, like, boom, like, movement was so like, look. And there they are, dog, just passing me. They're, like, going they're passing. And I was like, oh, wow. And they look huge underwater, you know. And, and the one I got was only 50, right? But, man, bro, they look big. So I was like, oh, wow. So I, I get so excited. I start chasing after him. And that's where I fucked up. And they all start boosting off. I was like, oh. So I stopped. And I just waited. And sure enough, they made a U-turn. And when they made a U-turn, they just came from every direction, bro. It was just like almost felt like a, one of those. Vortex. Uh, vortex. But yeah. they are just coming and shooting in. But right? I could just see them everywhere. I was like, wow. So I just took the, the closest one I could. Fucking boom. Took the shot. Headed out on the, the, the line got tangled on the rubber of the gun. Because I didn't cock all the bands. I only cocked like four bands. I left like two. And when he shot up, he took the gun with him And I was like, oh, fuck it. I just fucking pull out the surface. So, man, I was so excited. Right when I got this one. I was like, woo woo fucking it the rooster crow, bro. <laughs> I was just so excited. I you know, watching the lion go down. And then next thing you know, the buoy wasn't, wasn't dragging no more. And I was just like, oh, shit. And I grabbed the line, and the line was limp. And I was like, fuck, dude, he tore off, you know? And I was like, fuck, dude, I was already bummed out, and I started pulling on the line. And then I could see my gun coming up, and the next thing you know, he's on the line. And I was like, holy oh, shit, he's like like limp, like just dead. He felt like he was dead. I was like, oh, no way, that started. Fucking super excited. I was pulling them up. Finally I bring them up. I was like, whoa, I got one. And the first bar went through. Only the first. The the second one didn't get to go through. But hey, shout out to, to Dean, man, from Addiction Spirits. Fucking killer, killer stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, it was it was super dope. After, bro, I was so so excited, man. Talk about like man, I was just happy, dog. You have no idea. I'm lying pretty sure you know but
1: did that like, fish john yeah. was
2: there john took the second shot because i did yeah. with one barb it was stuck really good i knew we would have we still landed it but man i just want to take no chances i told john hey, take the fucking second shot i don't care if you have a buoy or not bro just take the second shot you know because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know you have the real, you had a real yeah eye yeah eye. yeah yeah
1: well i mean, yeah. the thing is uh you know size who cares it's your fish it's special you don't want to miss yeah. that yeah exactly. that's a, s- everybody knows that feeling of that pool and then the limp and you're like uh yeah worst feeling in the world i was
2: so mad i was so scared
1: when i saw that bad boy i was just like whee, dude. when i was on the boat though because you know it was like literally 10 minutes of being in the zone and, and i was on the boat and i was telling you you know whatever 50 and you dove down and i remember it was funny because i think you had a flasher with you or something I was trying to use the flasher, and I was like, This Chamorro, mother- <laughs> like, <laughs> bro, forget the flasher, let's go, buddy. Like, we're not diving in the tropics, you know. And yeah, I'm uh, trying to use anything, bro. It's just so, it was, dude, it was so awesome. desperate for a fish, bro. It was awesome. And then you you came up, you know, yelling, and I was like, Are you kidding me? We've been here 10 minutes. And I think that was that your second time going for tuna, or your third, or that was the second time. The first time I went with you, with with me, with yeah, you, went to San Clemente.
2: Remember, they were like everywhere. Yeah, and every time we went to a boil, bro, there's like a boil over and go yeah. over there and then be over here. And then we finally dove and they were like passing right under us.
1: Yep, yeah, stupid bluefin. I mean, you got yours.
2: <laughs> but and we then, had a good day that day, too. Remember, we hit all the yellowtails,
1: yeah, yeah. And then it was funny because, um, I remember you shot your fish and you're like, I'm good, I'm good. And you're just gonna, yeah. <laughs> no, bro, I,
2: didn't, I didn't care if we didn't get anything for the rest of the week, honestly yeah well i was like
1: this bad boy i was like i guess i could go to work on monday i guess that was quick (laughs) i wasn't expecting that yeah it is super sick oh we got
2: it man you
1: sent me the video of how did you guys cook that fish though like what was the excuse me what was the way how'd you guys
2: do it what i did was was uh we i filleted everything with the skin first i took off all the meat and then we took the spine and the the head I took the head and I split the head in half, and then I took the tail I put the tail in and the spine and the head in the grill, and we grilled that and then I cut the fat part in the bottom, and then the, another filet, we made sashimi and caliguin a little bit of keleguin. or how did what's keleguin in
1: english okay. uh, but uh what's what Cal- just the uh, sauce right just the um yeah, like a type, and...
2: it's like a type of local i want to say a type of local ceviche but a whole yeah. other area but somewhere near near asian style i guess yeah, yeah or island style but yeah we made that and then uh the family was going crazy on that fish bro everybody was just <laughs> man bro it was like vultures dog. just everybody was on it <laughs> my aunties as soon as the head came out of the. The girl my auntie was in that bad, but she didn't even finish her workout oh huh? she's already fucking chowing down in this shit. <laughs> uh, like damn dude like but it, it felt good to watch everybody really enjoy that you know
1: yeah that's what it's about that's so, what
2: man, that, that cool. yeah and i still man that one fish there's so many fillets i got in the fridge from that one tuna man
1: that's what people don't realize about tuna is the fact that like you know you get an 80 pound fish and you can get like the majority of that, the vast majority of that is all meat. And then you're talking about like bro. five pounds of waste, you know? <laughs> like yeah, that's it. Un-
2: unreal. Like all the meat that came off that fish. Unreal, bro. <clears throat> I couldn't believe
1: it. Like, yeah. Unreal. It's also, Kelly, uh, Cal- um, can you explain that a little bit? Like how to make that? Kelly, like like it's an old school
2: uh, traditional dish from Guam. You put lemons. And usually it consists of, it has to be the local stuff, usually for like a genuine one. So the local lemons, they taste different than the ones out here. And they got to be the small ones. You get lemons and you got hot pepper and you got soy sauce and green onions. You want to put green onions or, or red onions. And you use the lemons and you let it soak. A china and then like, as you let it soak, you, put, you can either put a little bit of soy sauce or more onions and salt or you can leave it as is and then it it kind of cooks like that but then and then you, you add a, a local denancy the local sauce the hot pepper sauce from the local peppers and then you really gets that you gets that out and it brings out the flavor of the fish really good with the lemon so it cooks it and you let it sit and my best is i don't like to let it i let it sit usually for at least four hours so it really soaks in there in the fridge and it's nice and cold with the onions Oh, My mouth is already watering just thinking about that.
1: Nah, mm. <laughs> no, I, I yeah, I I love that. Was some of the best things about traveling, you know, different places is seeing how you how everybody does their own fish, you know, their own local traditions and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, that was one of the coolest things I think about going down to Guam and then just uh, like you ate the fins, the the tail fin.
2: Oh, bro! I love fins on fish. Uh, yeah when that's barbecued or or fried yeah because it's like it's like uh chips Uh uh-huh so i like you know i'm saying as soon as that i see the tail or the fins are are crispy or brown or almost black oh it's like doritos bro
1: (laughs) well i know two people do that with scales as well right i never tried it with scale i've seen people like Cook scales like big scales from, like, say, a parrotfish or, um, uh, yeah, just like they'd cook scales and try to make them like chips. Um, John was showing me that one time. Oh, and, really? Yeah, I've never tried it. Um, but uh, I mean, he said it was all right. But I know a lot of local people in certain places, I think it was a, real popular in Asia, they do that as well. I'm but,
2: gonna uh, try that, man. Yeah, I actually took the scales from the the one parrotfish I had, I made earrings from a girl nice how'd you do that from me babe <laughs> i took it uh, i took it and i put epoxy all
1: right okay you just coated
2: it a yeah i coated and i drew a little hole through it nice, um, parrot fish earrings from tiffany's
1: <laughs> <laughs> two thousand dollar uh earrings fish earrings babe earrings yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah so what's next for you like what what you know, you've had a hell of a year so far. What do you think? I mean, the the summer ain't—it's not even over with yet. We got like a good four months of fishing still. I mean, what do you, you know?
2: What, man, bro, it's kind of hard. To, it's like, man, I, already, I already hit all my gold fish. You know? Yeah. So I was thinking we're. My girl has some family in in uh, South Carolina, so we're supposed to go out there in the next couple of weeks. So I wanted to do a, a trip out there because um, I, I have uh, an account with Maverick America, sponsored by Maverick America and Steve Alexander. So I might go out there and, and dive with um, Mark from Maverick America and then check that place out. And I wanted to make a trip to uh, Massachusetts to get one of those big bluefin tuna. the super giant ones those guys are killing out there, man.
1: Are you going to fish for them because you can't spear them, though? You can't spear them over there? No. Otherwise that place would be like Yeah, you can't spear them. Yeah.
2: That sucks.
1: The visibility sucks too, I guess. But um Yeah, <laughs> you could fish him. Uh there's yeah, so where where all have you been in the world, like when you're traveling? We're talking about traveling now. I mean, there's places where um you know, there's places in this world that have some pretty amazing fish. The thing is they're off the radar because they're not um you know, public knowledge. I guess they're not common places. I just hit the microphone. Excuse me. What? uh, What's next for you? Like as far as traveling, other than I mean, would you have places you want to go to or check out?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I gotta. I want to go back to Palau, man. Palau, I gotta redeem myself, dude. I, I went over there and it was man, bro. I just the fish over there were just unreal, like super unreal. You're talking like dinosaur land and prehistoric times, you know, like that's how it feels like when I dive over there, i was just like, man, this is too good to be true. And I had brought a messed up gun and they're, even the locals are laughing at me. Cause I brought like this, this plastic gun. And, you know, I don't know if you know, how, you know, I was back in the islands. A wood gun is a man's gun, you know? And if you use other stuff, dog, you, it ain't, it ain't looked at as a real gun. So when I brought that gun. I only did it not work right. I wasn't catching shit with it. So I was so pissed off, dude. And I was like, oh I, get, I gotta go back over there i gotta go back over there i want to go back over there that place is. if anybody wants to experience some just unbelievable marine life man like palau palau unreal
1: so the message is palau sucks don't go there
2: <laughs> right yeah.
1: or at least yeah, wait, wait for us to go there first yeah along that note though too i've heard the same thing not not necessarily even spearfishing just in general um like the palau like the the country of palau know what a vital resource the ocean is to them because of all the tourists from scuba diving and all of that That they are are not fucking around they protect it you can tell because it's amazing from everybody i know that's been From all the guys in Guam that have been there, they all say the same thing. It's incredible. So yeah, unreal,
2: bro. Super unreal. I was seeing schools of fish there that I never even seen a pair of, you know? Right. In Guam. Or I was seeing schools of fish that I never even seen in Guam that I only hear about. Like, oh, I remember when I hit this long time ago. I was like, oh, wow. And I'm seeing whole schools of these, of these fish. I just couldn't believe it. I was like, man, it's period like I I think it's Guam like a hundred years ago or something, you know?
1: Yeah, I wonder. um You know that place. I wonder when when they has it always been like that, or when did they start protecting? I would love to look more into the history of it and try to use that place as a model for like maybe other places, so that you know, because I mean, the Western Pacific is really fished out in a lot of places, yeah. you know. And I don't know what they're doing to avoid being on the radar of commercial fleets and all of that, but they're doing a good job of what they do so
2: yeah, I think there is there's like a law passed too where commercial fishermen can't even come near nowhere near like a certain zone right I don't know from the islands or something like that
1: well, I think that's in a lot of places. The problem is they don't have any way to enforce it, you know oh, okay. a lot of smaller countries yeah, and so I mean I don't know i i I would take the job on if people want to pay me to do that. I'd love to go down there and do that. Um <laughs> Okay, that'd be cool. Just hang out and do that. Uh but um yeah, so I mean <clears throat> are you gonna do the uh Blue Water World Cup again or
2: you know what? No nah, man. I'm not I'm not really a competition type of spear fisherman. You know, I just like to I love to fish just to eat and like experience more of more water stuff, you know. Yeah, I other than that, man, I'm not really uh. If the boys join again, then that'd be cool because I just want to be <clears with> my friends, <throat> you know. So.
1: No, I'm I'm right there you with you. Or
2: someone someone else, you know, one of the boys, dog. I'm down to go.
1: Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. i Competition never really was a thing for me because you just yeah. It's just what. I, it's not that it's a bad thing. I just never. That's not never what I did. This, you know. Um, yeah. I am competitive, but like, then again, like. Not really with spearfishing. It's just my little getaway from everything, you know.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's like a getaway. Like you're, yeah, you're going to what do you call it? your your relief or your, your stress reliever or stuff like that.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, is there anything else you want to say, Booth? I could talk to you for four hours, but uh, I know you gotta <laughs> go. <laughs>
2: no, I mean, you know what, man? Thank you for having me on the show.
1: Oh, just any, like, anytime, I
2: bro. got this opportunity. I'm finally here, baby. Don't forget it's boot.
1: Yeah, <laughs> oh, bro. It's an absolute pleasure to, you know, to work with you on the show. It's an absolute pleasure to be associated with you and to have you on the boat anytime, brother. I mean, if any of you guys out there, like I know a lot of people write, um, write things about how to get invited back on someone's boat and do this and do that. But you know what the number one thing to me is like an attitude. If you show up like ready just to fucking have a good time and you don't care, yeah. you about a good time. Like I remember, like every patty we stopped at, there was bait, and you're like, "I'll jump in. I don't care. I'll shoot it." And we were just laughing. Yeah. We were like, I just want to eat. He's like, "I just want to eat. I don't care. I'll shoot whatever I gotta eat." And you know, I just was like, "Yeah, oh cool. yeah." It just reminded me of like.
2: I love that shit, dude. I love that shit.
1: Yeah, and then like you said, the camaraderie and the and the brotherhood, the boys, you know. I mean, yeah, yeah. So, uh, what's the name of your? You have a website or uh, what's? How do people get in contact with you?
2: It's boothspearguns.com. dot com, but currently, like, I'm out of handles, and I I can't. I'm building guns, but even with the orders, I I'm kind of backed up because I don't have handles, and plus two is just. It's hard, man. Like I try to build and sell just two a month because it becomes a job, you know, and, uh, to a shout outs to gun builders, bro. Like, damn, especially if you're really in, really into it and trying to provide the best gun you can provide. Like it's really, it's the difference of making your own gun and making it for a customer. Remember we talked about that?
1: Yeah. It's so, very, before, labor. it's labor intensive, man. It takes yeah. like 30 hours. Like it takes forever.
2: Yeah. It's it's serious, man. Especially if you just want you want to give your best, you know. So I try to build or sell at least two a month, and then and then not make any, you know. Build two a month only, and if they they sell out, it's cool, which they've been selling out. But right now I'm out of handles, so I'm backed up. If anybody wants info, or you could just email me, and then I'll put you on a list for what you want. But I don't make custom guns, so that's the thing. They're made as to what's available. You got fifty-five inch, sixty-inch. A tuna gun and a 49 inch that's it
0: so
1: just like your standard your guns that you particular make they're like they're just your standard guns these are my models this is what i make
2: yeah that's it okay. i can't i don't like building no hey can you add this and this and that's no i'm not gonna do that or can you put this color band off no, i don't do that i make fun <laughs> for you to hunt and to get out there and get yourself some food bro that's what i do right smooth, really good smooth guns bro
1: um yeah i was i uh, remember well one thing you jumped on the boat with your gun this is the part that i love I forgot about this You had, with the bluefin you had party for two days tired as shit jump on the boat we go out there it's like the afternoon you hand me your gun i was like have you test tested your gun no i just made it i haven't even tested it yet i was like well probably should test it he's like i'll <laughs> test it on a fish i was like all right and then when you dove down immediately and shot the fucking thing i was like this guy, dude, incredible! <laughs> just added the whole story. It was so funny. I mean, <laughs> I just loved it. It was so awesome.
2: Uh, I'm confident in my guns, man. Confident. Yeah. Do you know, what? speaking speaking of this gun, uh, I just wanna I wanna make a note, and you, I wanna make a shout out to all the old timers, man. Like, uh, um, what's his name, Tommy? Steve Bo- Steve Alexander, Tommy Botta, Yep, Terry um, Moss and those guys, you know, like I was, when we were, we were taking, remember we talked about the trip in the beginning and I wanted to build a tuna gun. I remember reading a, an article by Steve Alexander and he was like, oh, you can't bring a knife to a gunfight, you know? Right. So he had talked about his gun and what I did was I went back and all the old photos of these guys hitting like 600, 700 pound tunas, bro. And these guys, you know, they had gun making down. You're talking about dudes that there was no social media, there wasn't time for interviews for any of this stuff, bro. These guys just worked on a craft and they worked on it hard. So I took note of all the guns they were, the styles that they were making, and I noticed like the wings on them. So I made the, I made this based off the of Steve Alexander and the uh, the Tommy Bota guns, and it's a wing, and it's only like, it's only a four laminate gun. And you could take these wings and it becomes a regular spear gun. It's a 65-inch. And I knew that that the wings made such a difference, you know? And, bro, it did. Like, I kind of took a far shot on that tuna. I was so confident, man. I was like, bro, I, just, I know this was just, just a hit it heart. And it works, like, clean, man. Real clean and real smooth.
1: Right, Rife so, has kind of a similar design, too, that they've, like, t- uh, tried and tested. And, you know, it's been proven. And I think the wings. What the wing does is it causes it to it stops it from kicking up because yeah, exactly. it displays so much weight. That's why if yeah. you look at the one gun I built, it's like a two by four, and it yeah, just, yeah, it just goes straight back. So it kick it might kick hard, but it's not going to flip up the end of the shaft. Yeah, exactly. Exit. Yeah, you
2: know? yeah. And those dudes knew, man. So I was just like, fuck. Made a note, and I made it, bro. I'm like hardcore, and I I finished this maybe. Three, four days, bro, before the trip. I had just finished the gun. So <laughs> it was nuts. I didn't even get to, to uh, seal these wings. I just put oil. Oh, that works. Yeah, so it's, man, just, things are a beast, bro. With the
1: with the shortage of handles, have you ever considered just making your own handle, like laminating a piece of teak and then carving it out?
2: Yeah, so I, I, I did make some handles.
1: It's a lot of
0: work
2: it is but like i just the steve alexander handles i've always used them and they they're legendary where, where i'm from in Guam, and I know, I know, and they I have, have a, they have a feel to them i don't know if you ever held one of the steve alexander I, ha-
1: I have one on my gun that i made 20 years ago and uh i still have it and it does it has that curve to it it's the arc is like perfect so when you bring it up everything is lined up and straight exactly yeah, yeah. Yeah, I totally know what you mean. Because the AR handles are a little different. Their arc is different. So if you yeah. bring it up, it doesn't necessarily mean you're shooting straight. Yeah. So you have to aim. With those handles, you bring them up and fire. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly
2: it. And it's crazy, man, because it has some, when you, when you hold the handle, it has some feel in it that, that just feels right. Weird, and I never get that with any other handle
1: yeah so what i did get with um what i have gotten is i took a piece of uh teak and i laminated it and then i took a dremel and i shaped it to fit my my hand yeah I'm left-handed so it fits like my hand and my handle ah, okay. and it's incredible it's like the shit but it also i was on deployment i had nothing else to do so i was just doing that because it yeah. takes some time but uh for those those handles you're talking about those alexander handles like they just work they just bolt on and work they're just, they're just- dope, bro.
2: Like, yeah. I never got the feeling of the same handle ever, dude. And it's crazy because every time I make somebody um, check out the gun and the minute they grab the handle, they, they get the same, I get the same quote, like, every time, like, man, it feels really good. There's something about it. I don't know what the dude, the dude was a genius, man, straight up. The dude was a genius.
1: Well, I think people don't realize, too, you, you really have to forget about the fact that communication was just mainly by mouth like and it was a bunch of dudes in their garage and like that's literally what happened is like over time so now it's like if you have a question just google it well these dudes were like calling them up and just trial and error over years and years and years exactly yeah which allowed them to really understand so much more and I bet I would imagine these guys are laughing at some of the shit we come up with today because they're like yeah we did that back in like 1975.
2: Bro exactly that's a, that's exactly what I think sometimes man and I, sometimes I, I look at the guns today and I feel like so like gun making kind of went backwards you know and when I look at a lot of stuff and I just it doesn't make sense to me like man dude like why would you do that when it's already been proven to do this you know yeah, Like, you know, like, I don't know. Difference. Like, I mean,
1: I'll tell you like one thing, like my gun that I've made 20 years ago, that's a fucking cannon, but it shoots straight. Um, yeah, I've
2: seen that thing. Yeah, a bad boy.
1: But it, uh, you know, there was no epoxy track. Like, well, you don't need an epoxy track. Just make a cut it out of the wood epoxy. Yeah, yeah. Fire. So like things like that are. Um, and now, I mean, I understand like people are doing calculations like 10% more sled and the last and And I yeah. get it. But like what you need and what you think you need is something totally different. And then also like people are creating an industry here that's built on selling shit. And it's not just built on selling stuff. It's built on selling stuff to such a small group of people. Yeah. Like scuba diving has a 300% markup because yeah. they're selling scuba divers. Like there's, you know scuba diving is gigantic compared to spearfishing so you're asking a company to stay in business making guns and it's like they have to constantly reinvent themselves and s- try to separate themselves from everybody else and a lot of the stuff they do is absolutely yeah it's true there is a performance to it but the other side is some dude on an island in the middle of nowhere doesn't give a shit and he can slay anything just <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah like pulling it up like there's dudes that are diving with anchor chain you know for a weight belt and he's killing it you know oh bro. Yeah. I know i know sure yeah so i just you know everybody was like oh you have carbon fiber fins I'm like no I, that sounds expensive i just dive plastic fins
2: yeah yeah for real
1: like whatever you know
2: even in, in the blue water world cup man i think i brought some generic ass fins dude like i don't even know what they were i didn't i didn't use any of that stuff till after the cup yeah but uh, my my wetsuit was like 50 bucks on ebay and like Nice.
1: The bins are like I got them down the street at I forgot where it was, man. But everything everything's just cheap as hell, dude. One thing we didn't talk about is that like ninety pound rooster fish you shot at like ninety feet in the yeah market. yeah yeah that was you told me that I was like is that a world record dude I was like that's a world record I think you, know, like, you were almost at a world record and you kind of laughed I don't know at, whatever that dude
2: it's huge man yeah huge
1: as I couldn't believe
2: it was bigger when I finally started pulling it up and I was like oh wow fuck I just laugh. Food.
1: Yeah, I just laugh because it's like I train, I do all these stretches, I try to be able to hit like night, you know, hit these depths. And it's like, here, this boy comes out hungover, just like crushing, <laughs> crushing, and slaying. I was like, I can't compete. He's got the island in his blood. I can't compete with that. I can't compete with that. I should be in the north somewhere, like in the Arctic or like the Nordic area. This dude's down here just slaying fish right and left. I'm trying, man. I'm I love trying. it, bro. Thank you. Well, thank you, phone booth, um, man. Booth Spear Guns, check it out. What's your Instagram handle? Phone booth. Phone, phone booth. booth, Phone booth. right on. The
2: yeah. only phone booth, man.
1: Yeah, he's the man. Uh, love this guy. I'm so g- excited that you got your fish, and, and uh, I wish you nothing but the best, brother. Have a, have a good one, man.
2: You too, part. Thank you, man. Thanks again, for real. Not a
1: problem. You did the work, so, uh, you know, <laughs> well hey, done, sir.
2: And, hey, the captain always, you know, it's the captain where they put you on fish, you know?
1: Yeah. Everybody gets lucky some days too. So <laughs> right off,
2: think, bro.
1: yeah. Later. All right. That concludes this episode, uh, with phone booth. Thanks again for, uh, being a guest brother. And, uh, I just wanted to give a big thank you to you guys for listening and all this, uh, the support, um, over the years we're coming up on year number two. And if you want to continue uh, to further support the podcast, go to the Patreon page forward slash Spear Factor and you can donate there. And also, if you had any questions or wanted some more information, you can look on SpearFactor.com. There's also a YouTube channel that has the video portion of all these Uh, Podcasts, so I encourage everybody to check it out and then some of them are even broken down into uh, topics so check that out at uh, Spear Factor on YouTube. All right, take care.
0: You want to succeed, you want to fish, you want to be one of the greatest. Oh. <laughs> Tune in to West Marines Life on the Water, presented by Costa Custom Boats every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. To Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.